0: This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. All right, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this wonderful opportunity we have to gather together as your children to come and worship you and say the word of God and make it known that I'm not trusting or depending on limited human ability to teach, but I'm trusting in you and therefore I know without doubt. That you anoint my mind, that I might grasp the revelation that will rise in abundance from my heart within. Thank you now for a supernatural recall of the scripture. And I believe that your word will flow from my mouth smoothly, accurately, clearly, carried by your anointing, your power and love, to each person's mind, bringing understanding, removing confusion. And that you will enter your heart, bringing faith. Dispelling all fear. And we'll give you alone the praise, the honor, and glory for all that's revealed and accomplished through your word and by your spirit here today. In Jesus' name. And all those who love the Lord said. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. All right, let's open our Bible to Second Corinthians chapter three, verse eleven. The worldwide church of the Lord Jesus will be mighty in these last days. Second Corinthians three, eleven. For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. This is saying that the old covenant with its practices have passed away. In other words, the old temple with all its glory has passed away. But the new temple that will remain for eternity has far more glory according to 2 Corinthians 3, we must become acquainted with the Holy Spirit. We must learn to allow Him to flow through us and to guide us. The shadows are gone. The substance remains. I'm saying the shadow of the Old Testament types have gone because the substance is here the substance that casts the shadow is jesus and his church and so the shadows are no longer necessary because the substance is here the bible says in haggai 2 9 the glory of this latter temple the church that is shall be greater than the former temple It's talking about temple of solomon or the tabernacle of Moses. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. Let's look at a type of this in the Old Testament of Moses. How he was leading the children of Israel through the wilderness from Egypt to Canaan. So go with me please to Numbers 9 and verse 15. From the New King James. Now on the day that the tabernacle was raised. The cloud covered the tabernacle. The tent of the testimony. From evening until morning, it was above the tabernacle like the appearance of fire. So it was always. (coughs) Excuse me. (laughs) So it was always. And all those that were caught in a baptism. I'm <laughs> kill it. So it was always, the cloud covered it by day, and the appearance of fire by night. Whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, after that the children of Israel would journey. And in the place where the cloud settled, there the children of Israel would pitch their tents. So it was when the cloud remained only for an evening until morning. When the cloud was taken up in the morning, they would journey wherever the day, whether the day or night, whether by day or night, whether the cloud was taken up, they would journey whenever. So the Old Testament saints would be led by the glory of God when they stayed under cloud. They had all their needs provided for, and they were totally protected. We know all that. Wherever the cloud went, they went. And if they stayed under the cloud, all their needs were met in every way, and they had protection. Out in the desert, where there was no food, food was provided. Where there was no water, water was provided. Their clothes never wore out, shoes never wore out. Three million people we protected from the scorpions, the snakes, and what other wild animals there were out there, just by staying under the cloud. God is telling us through that type. If we will follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we will remain in His glory. We will be protected, and all our needs will be met. You see, the Holy Spirit, today, in you and me, is the fulfillment of Of the cloud they followed back in the old covenant. That cloud was the glory of God. The spirit of God. And God could not enter the children of Israel. Because Jesus had not died and risen. And their sins weren't washed away. But since our sins are washed away. That glorious presence of God. Is able to enter you. And guide you. Inside. You'll know whether it's good or bad. By the peace, joy, or an uncertainty, an unrest, an uneasiness, if it's not right. If we follow the guidance of the cloud, we will be we will remain in His glory, and we'll be protected, and all our needs will be met. Now, Galatians three five twenty five up on the screen, it's from the New King James. It says, "If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit." If we live in the Spirit let us also walk in the Spirit. What's that saying? It is saying, in other words, if you are born again by the Spirit of God, if the Holy Spirit has entered your heart because you've accepted Christ as your Savior, then let's follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Say that I have received Jesus as my Savior. He lives in me. The Holy Spirit has entered me. And since I'm born of the Spirit of God, I need to follow the Spirit of God. If you walk in the Spirit, Galatians 5.16, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So one of the benefits, one of the benefits of following the Holy Spirit is you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So what's that mean? You see, your body is not redeemed. It's painful, but it's not changed. When Jesus comes back to the earth and the dead come out of their graves or the grave opens and their bodies come out and they come back from heaven and enter their resurrected bodies, then our body will be changed into a body like Jesus has at that time, not before. So we still have our old bodies. Our spirit has changed, our mind needs to be renewed. So, I said, and walk in the spirit, you're not for full of lust of flesh. So that means that our old body still has lusts or desires that are contrary to the word of God. Our body wants to do things that is not permissible. And uh, if we don't walk in the spirit, our bodies will dominate our actions. If we do walk in the spirit, then our bodies will not dominate our actions, but our spirit will dominate our actions. Is that making sense? So, to walk in the spirit, we need to pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. How many of you can pray in the spirit? Pray in tongues. Wave at me if you can. If you don't, I encourage you to do the the membership class. Is that right? The membership class. Do we still call it Christian growth or not? We do? All right. So we want to ask you to go and join, become a member, and you'll do the Christian growth seminar and learn all about receiving that wonderful gift of praying in tongues. All right. So to walk in the Spirit, number one, we need to pray in tongues. Number two, listen for His guidance. Listen for His guidance. In other words, we must tune in to the Holy Spirit like you tune in a TV or radio. How do you do that? Say this Holy Spirit, I receive your instruction. Again, Holy Spirit, I receive your instruction. Is that difficult? Not at all. So pray in the Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I receive your instruction. And keep a notepad handy always next to your bed or wherever you pray, with a pen. Because the Holy Spirit will give you direction. He will. God sent Him to you to guide you, and to reveal to you all that Jesus has brought for you. Amen? 1 Corinthians one. And our brethren could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. So what is a carnal Christian? A carnal Christian is a baby Christian. He said, "I could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal people." He said in verse two, "I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now you were not able to receive the solid food, and even now you are still not able." Romans 8:14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Say this, the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. So you see in the previous verse that there are spiritual children and there are baby children, carnal children. And now we see there are sons of God. So what's going on here? Well, the Son of God is one who is led by the Spirit of God, a spiritual person. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Those who are not led by the Spirit of God, they are baby Christians, they're not following the guidance of the Holy Spirit. A baby Christian is not following the guidance of the Holy Spirit, but one who does is mature enough to be a son and not a baby. Grown up somewhat. This is this making sense? Alright, a baby carnal Christian is one who yields to the desires of the flesh at the expense of the spirit. A baby Christian is one who yields to the desires of the flesh. The flesh wants to run off and do something that is not acceptable and... A baby Christian will accommodate the flesh, go do that, at the expense of their spiritual walk. In other words, they will lose out spiritually because they did that. Okay, A baby Christian, a carnal Christian, is dominated by the flesh and will live to please the flesh at the expense of the spirit man inside. But a spiritual man, a full-grown son, is one who yields to the Spirit of God at the expense of the flesh. So a full-grown son is one who will be led by the Holy Spirit and deny the flesh. Like fasting, for example. Fasting is definitely something the flesh doesn't like. Who knows that? Three of you know that. Try it and see what happens to the flesh. Your body's going to think you're committing suicide. It'll fight tooth and nail to eat. Amen? But, so, there are things we do, spiritually. for example, coming here every night, all day, through celebration, getting home late, getting up, early in the morning. In other words, going without sleep a little bit, not as much as normal, I guess, unless you took off vacation to come. Um, That would be denying the flesh to benefit the spirit. But those who said, no, I'm not prepared to sleep six hours a night. I've got to have eight hours of sleep. I can't go every night. I'm just going to go once. So what they did is they allowed the flesh to have its way at the expense of their spiritual development. Anyone out there? Is this making sense to you? All right. So we have to understand that you'll never get rid of the lusts of the flesh. As many as are led me, because it says... Um, in, what well, we just read it, Galatians 5.16, walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So here's Paul writing to the church and he says, if you walk in the spirit, in other words you be led by the spirit, pen, spend time praying in tongues and reading a Bible, you will follow the guidance of the spirit. And if you'll do that, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. In other words, he's saying, you will never, ever get rid of the flesh's desires. It'll always be there. It doesn't matter how spiritual you get. You will never get rid of, there's no time in your life, the flesh is going to say, I tap out. I don't want my own way anymore. It's not going to happen. You'll always have to deal with the flesh. And I'm going to say this. Your biggest enemy in this world Your biggest enemy in this world is not the devil. It's the flesh. And we need to understand that. If we don't spend time with God, stay away from church, the flesh is going to get the upper hand of our life and our decisions. I was told once that there's a man who was 90 years old, who's preaching in Mauritius, Nine years old, preaching in a church there, and I know the pastor. And this 90 year old man leant on the pulpit and he said to the congregation, Please pray for me that I will flee youthful lusts. <laughs> and so I figured that it doesn't matter how old you get, you're going to have to walk in the Spirit to control the body. Anyone out there? Are you tracking me, church? Don't think when you get to 90, you'll be free from all this. You're not. You're still going to have to walk in the spirit. Amen? So, one can only be a full-grown son if they are yielded to and obey the Holy Spirit. Those who do obey the Holy Spirit will reach out to the lost. Say that. Those who do obey the Holy Spirit will reach out to the lost. And those, and that is God's number one priority, that we win souls. He wants the lost to know how much He loves them and what He did to save them. Therefore, the Holy Spirit will definitely lead you to reach out to the lost. And until we are willing to do that, we'll not hear His voice as clearly as we should. You'll hear His guidance, but not as clearly as you should. Until we are willing to do this, we'll not hear His voice as we should. When we are ready to say, Not my will, but thy will be done. Then we are ready to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit clearly. When we are willing to say, "Not my will, but thou will be done," we qualify to be full-grown sons and follow the Holy Spirit's guidance. Are you willing to say, "Not my will, but thy will be done?" How if you are genuinely ready to say that? Lift your hand. All right, let's do that. Say, Father God, from today, I make a quality decision. Not my will be done, but thy will be done in my life. I'm ready to receive your instruction. Praise God. All right, John 16, 13, Jesus said, When he, the Holy Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. That's the word. He will guide you into understanding the scriptures correctly. And he will tell you things to come. And he will tell you the future. So that the Holy Spirit is sent to warn me and tell me about the future. Praise God. Amen. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12. Now we have received, the Holy Spirit is from God. Why? That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So that God sent the Holy Spirit, that I would know the things that God has freely given to me. That it would include His plan for my life. That it would include His blessings for your life. Everything that he paid for at the cross. Say this again. The Holy Spirit has been given to me to tell me what I need to do. It's important. Verse 10. God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. There again. Say God has revealed to me what I need to do. His plan for my life every day. By the Holy Spirit. That's why you were sent to me. You don't have to beg God to guide you. It's God's plan to guide you. His desire to guide you. 14. The things of God are spiritually discerned. Spiritually discerned. Let's talk about that for a moment. This word discerned. This is Strong's number 350. The word also means in English, Investigate. Examine to search. So you can write that in your Bible next to the word discern in verse 14. You can write investigate, examine to search. So the things of God are spiritually investigated. The things of God are spiritually examined. The things of God are spiritually searched out. How does that happen? Your spirit searches from within the Holy Spirit who is in you. How? How? Say with me, Holy Spirit, I receive your instruction. When you say that, your spirit begins to search. When you pray in tongues, your spirit is searching. Romans 8 26 and 27, verse 27, the Holy Spirit, we know what the mind of the Holy Spirit is. Why? Because the Holy Spirit makes an accession for us to bring about the will of God. So it says we know what the mind of the Holy Spirit is because the Holy Spirit is praying for us to understand. The mind of the Holy Spirit and to bring it to pass in our lives that's what happens when you pray in tongues say with me when I pray in tongues the Holy Spirit is revealing to me his plan for my future and he is praying it into existence so when I pray in tongues and confess Holy Spirit I receive your instruction It'll come fast and furious. John ten twenty seven. my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Praise the Lord. Say so that Jesus said, I hear his voice and I follow him. I believe it. So now this verse is for those who are willing to say, not my will be done, but your will be done. Because if I'm only interested in what I want to do, why would God speak to me? If I have no interest or no intention in obeying, obeying God, God knows that. True? If somebody said to you, do you think I should marry Jane? Okay, And they're already committed to marry Jane. They're going to marry Jane no matter what. They've set the wedding date. Paid for the honeymoon, paid for the cake, paid for the wedding dress. And they say to you, do you think I should marry Jane? And you say, no, I don't think it's a good idea. Are they going to listen to you? So is there any point in answering that question? Do you think I should marry Jane? I'm not even going to answer you. Because I'm wasting my breath. That's what you'd say. Isn't it? I'm wasting my breath. Why should I even answer that silly question? You're going to do it with it, no matter what I think about it. So you're going to say, I'm not even interested in answering that question. It's a stupid question. Because you're not interested in what I have to say. You're totally not interested in what I have to say. Now, if you've made up your mind, you're going to do what you're going to do. And you say, God, what's your will about this? He's not going to answer you. He's not going to answer you. He knows. What's the point? So when you say, not my will, thy will be done, you'll see God speak to you. Are you out there, church? Is it making any sense to you? There are many Christians who can quote the Bible, but they only qualify to be sons when they do, what they know, the Bible says. Or what they know about the Bible when they do that. That is why we have men and women who were born again 30 years ago and are still baby Christians today. And we have some who were born again five years ago and have become great sons and daughters of God in the kingdom. Because they're prepared to say, Thy will be done. The Lord Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Fishers of men. What's that? What's a fish of men? Soul winner. See how much we learn in church. How many of you knew that? Okay. Look like you're alive. <laughs> you're scaring me. <laughs> okay. Now. The Lord Jesus said, Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. What's that mean? That means I'll make you a so and great, now I'm getting somewhere. <laughs> You've certainly fallen off the wagon from after celebration, you guys have got awfully quiet this Presbyterian church. Okay. If I'm not a fisher of men, how can I claim to be a follower of Jesus? Because Jesus said, if you follow me, I'll make you a fisher of men, right? Is that right? So if I'm not a fisher of men, can I claim to be a follower of Jesus? Because if I'm following him, I will become a fisher of men. And if I'm not a fisher of men, can I get up and say, I'm following Jesus? It's awfully quiet in the Presbyterian church. Or was it the Anglican church? You're allowed to talk in this church. So, how can I claim to be a full grown son or daughter of God if I'm not interested in winning souls? Our lost friends, our lost neighbors, our lost family members, or those we go to school or we work with, must be on our radar. We've got to. Put them on our prayer list and be willing to pray for them, church. Are they even on our prayer list? Let's make a little prayer list and daily hold that up to the Lord and pray for them. You know, when you do that, God will open doors. It doesn't take more than a minute or two to mention their names and say, Father, I thank you for bringing them to Christ. Exercise your faith, confession over that list every day. It's one minute of your time. Anyone out there? or well, you all gone home already. You see, if you go to a church where you get motivated and encouraged, you'll go home saying, I'm so fired up. That's like telling a mechanic who's got no tools, you can fix this engine, you can fix this engine. Charge at it, go for it, fix this engine. You can do it. And you leave the guy he has got no tools at all. There's the engine. How's he gonna fix the engine? He said, I can't breathe, I'm so hyperfading. I go, I want to fix this engine, but I haven't got no tools. In this church, we try and get you fired up, but give you the tools to fix the engine. I'm giving you tools for life. So we should remember to invite people to church and put them on our prayer list and say, Lord, thy will be done in my life. And if you're prepared to do that, you'll hear God's voice crystal clear in your life. Is that a good deal? How do you want to hear God's voice? Now you know what to do. Amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed.